0: Blood Talk Radio. Shut up and sit down. <laughs> Buddy and welcome once again to Lords of Pain Radio's Aftershock. This time taking a look at Money in the Bank 2019. And I just realized that my headset my microphone, that's what it's called, was not in front of my mouth. So you probably heard me announcing that awesomely from like very far away. So let's rewind to Money in the Welcome everyone to Lords of Pain Radio's Aftershock. This time taking a look at WWE's Money in the Bank 2019. And yeah, okay, that's that's Mobetta. That's that's that that yeah, I think that that works. Okay. Uh Money in the Bank just wrapped up here not very long ago, and it was a thing that had happened. Um uh-huh. there was some good stuff. There was some stuff that's kinda like, okay. Uh, but mostly it was just, you know, pretty okay, you know. Um we're in a weird era of professional wrestling. Uh, just weird stuff going on to where they're like they're openly talking about a card uh, for Super Showdown that might be bigger than WrestleMania like and you know previously nothing could even touch WrestleMania but I mean yeah there's a certain appeal to Goldberg versus The Undertaker, you know. Uh, I admit that I was like, ooh, when that, you know, was a, when I heard about it. It was like, okay, all right, I'm down, you know, uh, it's not a match I've ever personally really super-duper wanted to see, and I hope that the Undertaker myrtleizes him, but, you know, hey, it's, it's one of those matches that you just thought would never happen within your lifetime, and it's going to happen, so, okay, cool, you know, I can I can appreciate that from a nostalgia perspective. Um, but these other matches that are on the card are, you know, some of them are all right, some of them are just kind of like, okay, that's a thing. Um, like Randy Orton and Triple H, you know, I get it's it's a big match, but is that anything that anybody's really dying to see? Uh, no, uh, 50 man battle Royal. Okay. It's big, but eh, you know, um, it's, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where it's, uh, you know, it it seems like a a really over glorified house show, but like a super duper hype glorified house show. It's the verbiage that really kind of was like, huh? Because they were talking about it being potentially bigger than WrestleMania, which is, you know, kind of unheard of. Um, so I don't know, man. And, and everything is confusing Right now with the rosters and people jumping back and forth and doing the things and and rumors flying around about Fox and USA both being all like, hey, fuck that brand split thingy. Um, and just all of these things going on right now. And then in the background of all of it is AEW just kind of quietly sitting there and building itself a little bit of a powerhouse. Um, This is going to be something that is going to build and is going to build and is going to build, and I'm telling you right now, I think that the ratings for AEW's first weekly program whenever it debuts in September, October, whenever it may be, probably somewhere around that time, the ratings for that show I think will be bigger more so – more than either Raw or SmackDown potentially both um that's going to be really really big now the WWE of course will say we don't really care about ratings anymore the network is where all the money's at and that's of course true that's that's you know something that we've been talking about here for, you know on LP radio for years now that there's a little too much emphasis on the ratings however however that's because there hasn't really been a rival rival you know what i mean um but now well um i'm thinking that the ratings might start mattering again Uh, they're at least going to be significant enough to pay attention to, you know what I mean? So, uh, this, this is all, this whole situation is something to pay attention to, of course, uh, he said, stating the obvious. But in the middle of all of this, WWE is trying to plug along, and, uh, they're trying to, I I really do think that, you know, in part, they're trying to give us what we want, you know? Um, there's some surprises going on, there's some different stuff, but then it all kind of gets jacked up by just kind of more of the same, um. But but I don't know. I'm going to be arguing against myself here and there uh, on some of these things because some of the decisions that were made this evening were head-scratchers to say the very least. But uh, but I can kind of understand why they're being done. You know what I mean? Uh, it's – it's uh, I don't know. Kind of a damned-if-you-do, damned-if-you-don't type situation for me because I understand, and thus I'm a little lighter on it. But at the same time, there's parts of this that I just fucking hated. You know what I mean? Um, so – it was an interesting night. It was not a bad night by any stretch of the imagination. I enjoyed the pay per view pretty much top to bottom. I thought it was fucking sweet, you know. Uh, I thought it was really cool. Um, there was a lot of good stuff, um, you know, but then there was also some not so great stuff. So we'll talk about all of it over the course of this next little, you know, about hour or so. Um, We, of course, do have two new Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Banks, or at least we did, because one of those briefcases was cashed in this evening successfully. So, yes, we have a new champion crowned in the midst of all the activity tonight. We actually had two new champions crowned in the midst of all the activity this evening, one of them not Money in the Bank related, but still. And we have a, a pretty good, solid series of just good matches. Uh, even one with uh, Shane McMahon and The Miz. Uh, again, this one surprised me at WrestleMania. I didn't really... I thought that the storyline was lame and stupid. And uh, Plant and I talked about that on the previous Aftershock and the Aftershock before that. Uh, you know, we, we had not make any made any secrets about the fact that this was a really lame storyline, we thought. However, it has produced what I thought were pretty good matches so far. You know, I, I enjoyed the one at WrestleMania. And this steel cage match this evening was also surprisingly fun to watch. Uh, I I did enjoy watching it for what it was and I could see myself almost against my will getting into this Shane character. If it continues. Situation there's, there's silver. Lapse, uh, which is, you know, interesting, uh, to say the very least. Um, Skype is telling me that I have a poor connection right now, and so uh, if this is kind of scratchy and stuff like that, I do apologize. Uh, not really a whole hell of a lot I can do about that, unfortunately. But uh, I, I'm I'm trying, I'm trying here. Uh, we'll see if it straightens itself back out a little bit, and hopefully everything will be cool. Um, yeah, it, it okay. It looks like things are back to normal now. See, I just I just worried for no reason whatsoever. Anywho, anywho, let's go ahead and jump headlong into all of this. Uh, we're going to talk about all of the things that happened on the program, uh, both Money in the Bank ladder matches. We had a couple of titles on the line. Well, you know, a couple of big boy titles, the Universal and WWE championships, both on the line. We had the uh, the United States title on the line. Just a lot of stuff going on. We had both women's belts on the line, both of them being defended by Becky herself, Becky two belts. Um, well, she was defending them both. And so – Good stuff going down tonight. We'll talk about it all here in just one moment. But before we get to that, we do need to take a quick break. Uh, so bear with us for just one moment. have got a couple of bills to pay. It ain't going to be that long. I'll be right back here with you in just a moment after you check out this right here. All right, we are back in action here on LOP Radio's Aftershock, and thank you so, so much for tuning in here this evening. Um, You, of course, will notice by now that I am not joined by my usual partner in crime, Samuel Plan. Uh, That is because, unfortunately, WrestleMania was the last show that we're going to be doing together for the foreseeable future. He's had some other stuff pop up in his life and, you know, that required a little more attention and didn't really have the ability to stay up until the wee hours of the morning doing a podcast like this, you know, on what would be, you know, a Monday morning at that. You know, folks got to work and whatnot. So uh, that's the way that kind of breaks down. And uh, I, of course, wish and plan nothing but the best. And you're still hearing him on LLP radio, of course, a couple times a week, columns all over the place. Uh, you ain't hurting for your dose of plan. I'm getting the feeling. I would hope, you know, because there's some awesome stuff out there with him all over it. However, this is not going to be one of those things anymore. Uh, This is just going to be me for the time being. Uh, I don't know if that will change. Probably won't. I enjoy just being able to sit here and talk to you guys. It's been a while since we were able to do that, and uh, there has been a small part of me, I must admit, that has been kind of looking forward to just being able to sit back down here and wing it. Um, Can I talk for like an hour? To you guys. Well, it's never been a problem before, um, but I'd like to see if I can still pull that off with all of the downtime I've had recently. Uh, my own really real world life kind of jumped up in the way. You guys know all about that. Uh, if you've been listening to the shows regularly, I used to do the late shift and uh, had to quit doing that. Unfortunately, moved on to do some other stuff. I've never quit doing Aftershock, of course, and I will not be quitting Aftershock anytime in the foreseeable future, at least not my choice. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah yeah push come shove i'll I'll be doing some like you know next day shows or something like that if there's just a commitment I absolutely cannot break like you know work to pay my rent uh but you know hey I don't think that's gonna be much of a worry. It hasn't been thus far, I don't see it being any time in the future, so yeah, it's it, you guys are stuck with me for now uh it's you know just like it was about you know a a little over a year ago it was just me rocking it with you guys and you know what we always had a good time hopefully that will continue here as we go into kind of a new era of aftershock um but yeah speaking of something of a new era it's a weird transition but uh daniel bryan uh is on the pre-show holding it down and that's interesting um That's interesting. Went into WrestleMania as the WWE Champion, of course. Lost that to Kofi Kingston. That was awesome and stuff. Uh, But Daniel Bryan, about as hot as he has been in a very, very long time, of course. You know, he's been back for about a year now and this and that, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And now he's kind of jerking the curtain there on the pre-show. No, it was a solid match. It was Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, or just Rowan, I suppose. The SmackDown Tag Team Champions, they were facing off against the Usos, and this was a non-title match, which kind of confused a few people. They thought well, they were watching a title oper- uh, I mean, a title bout here. It was not a title bout. Uh, however, it probably will result in a title bout of some sort, even though this is a SmackDown versus Raw match. And that's just comparis- I mean, comparison. That's just confusing as all hell is what that is. Like, because, yeah, I... I I don't know, guys. I don't know. Apparently, Raw tag teams are going to challenge SmackDown tag teams. SmackDown tag teams going to challenge Raw tag teams. Random shit going to happen all over the place. It's going to render the the brand split completely moot, frankly, and then it won't be a big deal if they get rid of it, I suppose, because it will have zero meaning uh, at this point in time. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate because a lot of people not big fans of the brand split. I am. I, I think that it helps both shows create their own identities, and then you can – if you have the benefit of a brand split and two very separately built identities of shows like we did you know when the brand split really got rolling this last time when it kicked off, you know within that first year, SmackDown was the workhorse show, whereas Raw was the more entertainment show, and what you can do with that is create artificial hype, you know uh the whole reason they did the brand split originally back in the early two thousands was to almost replace the loss of WCW as competition. WWE had no competition, and so what they did was created their own inner company competition. So it's SmackDown versus Raw. That has been emphasized even more over the years, you know, and especially within this last one specifically with uh Survivor Series has been kind of a big deal because of the SmackDown versus Raw stuff going on. And If you lose the brand split, then you lose that kind of – I mean it's lazy booking to a degree, but at the same time it's made for some damn good shows over the course of the last couple of years. Some of the better shows of the last couple of years have been as a result of the brand split and putting SmackDown versus Raw in matches that you otherwise would not see on a regular basis, Uh, sometimes years between. You know, having seen these specific guys face off, if at all, because you had the thing where, you know, okay, this guy showed up and the brand split's been going on long enough that he's just been on one show. So him jumping to another show is kind of a big deal. The thing with AJ Styles, that would be a big deal that he jumped over to Monday Night Raw and all of the new matchups that he could be having over there on the red brand, you know, since he's been on the blue one ever since he showed up but it's not as much of a big deal when you kind of get the feeling he's just going to be wrestling smackdown guys again here before too long, you know, and vice versa and back and forth. It's just if if the brain split's not around if it doesn't mean anything, then you know what? It, that kind of thing becomes less special. And I like that sort of thing. Um and maybe that's just me. Again, you know, a lot of people not really very fond of the brand split. I, I would not be thrilled to see it go. Um, mainly just because I don't think WWE has anything better to to replace it with. Uh, the roster is bloated as hell right now. So many people on the roster right now, and without some sort of division, some sort of separation between uh, the, you know the members of the roster, you're gonna have guys who are just gonna get lost in the shuffle because if you're doing something on raw and then carrying on the storyline on smackdown which is what you would do tr- with a traditional, you know, single roster, you know, there's no reason why you wouldn't carry on stuff from smack from raw to smackdown. Well, you can't necessarily do that uh, and still feature everybody that you would like to feature. So, a lot of these guys who have come up over the last few years, uh, they're going to kind of fall by the wayside, unfortunately. There's going to be guys like Ali, and, you know, uh, you know the Cruiserweights have already fallen pretty damn far. But what about new guys like Ricochet or Aleister Black? You know, um, those guys, unfortunately, may kind of fall to the wayside because there's just no room to feature them if you're dealing with a single roster between two shows. So, there's pluses and there's minuses, and uh, I say all of that just to go back to it's weird to me that Daniel Bryan, one of the biggest stars in the company, is jerking the curtain here on the pre-show and a match that ultimately is just confusing as shit towards what is going on with the respective brands right now and the brand split in general. Is it a thing? Is it not a thing? They're trying to make it both a thing and not a thing. And it results in things like this where the Usos did indeed get a victory over Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Uh, it was a good match for what it was worth. Rowan did most of the heavy lifting there with Bryan coming in and doing some good stuff here and there, of course. Uh, but it was really kind of the Usos show and they wind up getting the victory and there's talk of them potentially getting a big title opportunity. Oh, well, but they're from Raw, so how they're gonna do the thing and the, the do the thing they're doing? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't write it. I talk about it, and and it, I'm confused. So, yeah, 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 um, yeah. The Usos get the big victory and what was a pretty damn good match, aside from the fact that it is now just super-duper confusing as to what any of it means because uh, they're talking championship title match between a Raw team at the SmackDown Tag Titles. So, yeah, that's a thing. We then get a video package to start things up, and uh, we begin Money in the Bank. The pay-per-view itself with a Money in the Bank match. It is the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. We've got Natalia versus Dana Brooke versus Naomi, versus Nikki Cross, versus Mandy Rose, versus Bailey, versus Ember Moon, versus Carmella. That is a mouthful. That's a lot of folks uh, that are involved in this thing. Uh, Some of them switched around over the course of the last few weeks. There's been a lot of confusion going into the Money in the Bank ladder matches. Who's in them? Who's not? Who's hurt? Who's not? Who's even part of the fucking company anymore? Who's sitting out their contract or not? Uh lots of confusion and, and randomness going on at the moment. So uh, Dana Brooke, not originally supposed to be in this bout. Nikki Cross, not originally supposed to be in this bout. Both of them wind up in this bout. Uh, but conspicuous by their absence are, uh, of course, Alexa Bliss, who Nikki replaced. Alexa is injured. Um, the rumors flying around her that she's having recurring concussion issues, which that's not a good thing. You know what I mean? That's really not a good thing. Um, and, of course, blaring in her absence is Sasha Banks because uh, – yeah, depends on what you want to hear, what, what rumors you want to listen to. Uh, the consensus seems to state that she was upset about losing the SmackDown tag team—I mean, the women's tag team championships. Uh, you know, her and Bailey lost them at WrestleMania to the Iconics. That—that sounds a little petty to me. I—I um, I would say that maybe that was the straw that broke the camel's back more than anything else. But uh, you don't sit at home. For that, you know, uh, you don't put your career at jeopardy for that. Uh, And maybe she's just betting on them actually letting her go so she can go to AEW or something like that. I really don't know. Um, I I really don't know. This is kind of a new ball game we've got going on right now where you are going to have people who are actively trying to get the hell out of WWE to go to AEW because they think it presents a better opportunity for them. Uh, you know, Ty Dillinger is going to show up in AEW. I'm telling you that right now. Um, he's friendly with all them folks and you know, yeah, but he's still going to be motherfucking Ty Dillinger. I, I you know, uh, well, he won't be in name, but I, Ty Dillinger just never did it for me. Uh, I get that people within the business respect him. I get that he's a talented performer and this and that and et cetera, et cetera, but the dude just never did it for me. That's not going to change because he's got different letters on the bottom of the screen. You know what I mean? Um, but with somebody like Sasha Banks, it could be kind of a golden opportunity. So we'll see what winds up happening with all of that. Uh, maybe she'll be back on television at some point. Maybe she won't. Maybe she'll just chill out and wait out the entire contract. And you know, they'll see him punk it. You know, I I really I, I don't know. I don't know. They'll Neville it. I suppose would be the better illusion there. Um, I don't know. I think that Neville set an interesting precedent by doing that, and other people realize we can do it too. You know. Anywho, anywho, all of those ladies are coming out here for this match, and uh, it was a good one. It was a real good one. They were all over the place here this evening. Uh, Everybody kind of got their opportunity to shine. Nikki was looking awesome. I was really pulling for her because I'm a big Nikki Cross fan. I just like her in general. I like her style. I like her look. I like her persona. I just... I'm digging what Nikki Cross is putting out there, and uh, that, I saw why tonight. She was just vicious and and smacking people with ladders and being all kinds of badass and whatnot. Dana had her opportunity to shine. She's really kind of been coming on a little bit more here lately, uh, but I don't know if that's going to ultimately work out, unfortunately. Uh, anyways, everybody had their opportunity to shine, and what we wind up with is Carmella going out. Uh, she kind of had an issue with Mandy Rose. Um, they go a bit back and forth here, and Carmella winds up messing her knee up, um, which is not good because Outcome Medics, they're taking her away. She limps to the back. There's medics and referees and stuff like that. Of course, Carmella won both Money in the Bank matches last year for the women because of the controversy of the first one. She still wound up winning the second one. There was no difference in any of that. Um, oddly enough to me, they were talking about how when when – Natalia was walking down there. They were like, oh, Natalia has been in more women's Money in the Bank ladder matches than anyone else. And I'm like, there's there there, there there's been two. And other people have been in them too. Uh, Carmella, for instance, this was her third one, so is she not tied? Did they have a Money in the Bank match that I'm not familiar with at some point that Natalia won? Or did I just forget something? Am I just forgetful in my old age? I, I, I do not know. I do not know. However, I do know that Carmella was out of this match, taken away to the back. And, you know, we've got Ember and Bailey and Dana and Dana and Bailey and Ember and Nikki Cross in the mix and just all kinds of craziness. And what it eventually all boils down to is that Mandy Rose is starting to kind of uh, do some things here. She's getting some help, actually, uh, but from Sonya Deville at one point, And, you know, because that's really what set all of this up was Sonya Deville kind of basically handing her the opportunity to be in this match. Carmella shows back up. She's limping, got her leg all taped up and whatnot. Her and Rose are going back and forth. It winds up with Mella taking her down to the mat. DeVille comes out there to take out Mella once again, though, and uh, she winds up picking up Mandy and climbing up the ladder with Mandy on her shoulders. Um, That works out pretty well until Bailey runs up to the top of the ladder, stares them both down. She gives them the pie face, both hit the deck. Bailey reaches up and unhooks the briefcase to become Miss Money in the Bank. So your winner of this match is Bailey, Bailey in the Bank, if you will, as I believe the sign out there in the crowd said. Uh, she celebrated a super duper lot and like went out into the crowd and stuff. And well, she didn't go out into the crowd. She celebrated with the crowd though. And they came to interview her, and she was all like. They basically are trying to distance her a little bit from from Sasha without being like fuck Sasha, you know. At least not Bailey saying fuck Sasha, because uh, they did bring up the whole tag team with Sasha and how tied together they were. And Bailey's all like, well, you know, I'm proud of what me and Sasha did, but now I'm on SmackDown. And I'm here to prove a point, and I want to be the champion, and I just want to prove that to everybody. So I'm gonna show everybody that yeah, I'm gonna be the champion, and it's gonna be super duper neat and awesome. And that was what that was. So Bailey is your big winner there, and I don't have a problem with that. She was a fine winner. Um, you know, she was one of the more justified winners of the bunch. Um, so yeah, I, I I really didn't have a problem with that. Uh, it was not exactly a star-studded Miss Money in the Bank match here, frankly. Uh, there was nobody in the match that I was overly just like dying to see him get the victory. If like Oscar had been involved or something like that, maybe we'd be talking a little different. But no. No, I, I I was just kind of like, okay, about everybody else. And so Bailey getting the victory is, is, like I said, it's just, it's fine. It's fine. We go backstage to Sami Zayn. Uh, he replaced Braun Strowman due to the events of last week's Monday Night Raw. And uh, he, of course, is now terrified that Braun Strowman is going to myrtleize the bejesus out of him. So he's trying to get Triple H's help. Um, Triple H basically is like, Braun's been banned from the building. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Sammy's like, nah, man, I think this Braun we're talking about here. You ever seen him just chuck around a motherfucking semi truck? Uh, I think I need protection. And Triple H is just like, go tape your fists up, bitch. And Sammy goes and tapes his fists up. Bitch. So <laughs> we go backstage. Rey Mysterio is there with his giant son Dominic. Uh, not really. Actually, Eddie Guerrero's son Dominic. If you want to get right down to it. Ooh, sick burn, Rey Mysterio. How, how's that? How, how's that going for you? Uh, in in the future, when Dominic is inevitably a WWE superstar, they're gonna be all like, "Oh, the son of Rey Mysterio." And but it, it is established within the storyline world of this company. Like in the the continuity of this fictional world in which Dominic will one day enter himself, his father is not his father. His father's dead best friend who is like now a hallowed saint-like figure is actually his father. Uh, that is – That's going to be something they're going to play with one day, and it could be interesting. Uh, But anyways, Dominic's there along with Rey Mysterio. He's got a U.S. title shot coming up, and that is actually what we see next. It is Rey Mysterio taking on Samoan Joe. And, uh, yeah, it it was (sighs) – The, the the match at WrestleMania was very surprising. Uh, I, I really did not expect it to just be squash and the end. Uh, but instead, what we got was, you know, squash and the end. And it was like, okay, um, I, I did not see that coming. I thought Ray was going to put up a fight, maybe kind of pull out a surprising victory, something like that. Or at the very least, you know, put up one of those really good Rey Mysterio fights against a big man. Uh, I'm sure he's still capable of doing that really, really well, even at, you know, something of an, an advanced age at this point, at least in terms of ring years. You know what I mean uh, he's not an old man by any stretch of the imagination but a lot of miles put on that body uh so you know it kind of is what it is and they did have a pretty good little match here uh the fans kind of there was a there was a loud group of fans who were obviously in favor of joe uh i was in favor of joe you know I, i'm kind of pulling for ray mysterio to put on a good match here and, and for it to look good and all but at the end of the day samoa joe is the shit um so i'm pulling for samoa joe here uh, we get a big senton from Ray, and it looks like it kind of busted Joe's nose, like he broke his nose, something. He had blood all over his face, kind of under his eye area, and it looked like his nose was pretty jacked up. This goes on. Uh, they go back and forth uh, for a few more minutes until kind of out of the middle of nowhere, Ray just cower, uh, counters out of a power bomb, lands on top of Joe, and gets a three count. Yeah. Uh, Joe looks very, very confused. Ray looks very, very confused. Uh, Dominic is backstage celebrating his almost dead. And yeah, we have the title being handed over. We have a new United States champion, and his name Rey Mysterio. Uh, and that's yeah, that's pretty cool. That's I guess uh, it's pretty cool that it went down that. way. I like the way that they played it at the very least. Uh, I like that Ray played it as though like the fuck I beat him. Uh, that was that was kind of cool. Um, and you know, you just know that Joe is just going to beat the bejesus out of him uh, in order to get that belt back, or at least try to. And uh, you know what? I, one of the fun things about Rey Mysterio, him being all little and whatnot, is that it's kind of fun to watch him just get the sweet bejesus kicked out of him. Joe's good at doing that, so... Yeah, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to the comeback on this one, I suppose. Uh, but it was kind of, you know, exciting and fun for what it was, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, Rey Mysterio is the new United States champion. That is that is the thing. So, yay. Um, but in the immediate aftermath, uh, Samoa Joe attacks Rey Mysterio on the ramp, beats the crap out of him. Uh, he hits a uh Dominic comes out there, you know, at ringside and stuff, and Joe is turning his attention to him, kind of, you know, just rubbing it in his face, basically. Um, everybody's all booing and whatnot. You know, Dominic gets in there to check on Ray, uh, and Joe is just kind of walking off and, and looking back, looking all bloody and badass and Samoa Joey. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. The post-match beatdown was better than the match itself, in my opinion, but the whole thing was, it was, it was kind of a fun little interlude in the mix of all of this. We then cut backstage, and even though he's been bar- banned from the building, Braun Strowman is there taking a look around for Sami Zayn. Is he going to find him? What's going to happen? Will he be involved in Money in the Bank in some capacity, or will it open the door for yet another surprise? Stay tuned. We then see a steel cage coming down with its entrance music. That, that's the steel cage's entrance music. It's a great song. Got a great beat. You can dance to it. I'll give it a four out of 10. And it it's time for the Steel Cage match. It is a grudge match. The Miz taking on Shane McMahon. Uh, they, of course, former tag team partners, and they had talked shit about each other's daddy. And I, I don't know. Shane had beat up The Miz's daddy. And it's all. It's, it's dumb, y'all. It's dumb. It's been dumb. It continues to be dumb. Uh. But the match at WrestleMania, I surprisingly liked a fair bit. Uh, I I enjoyed what came from this. And tonight was really no different. This was a pretty good little steel cage match. And what it really showed me more than anything else, it kind of hit me about midway through. This is The Miz that we're watching here. The Miz ring general. Like he was really obviously carrying this match and doing a damn good job of it. Uh, he really looked in control and in his element tonight, and he he was playing the crowd well. He just he he knew what he was doing, and he was he was he was a ring general. And this is the Miz. This is I mean I can remember seeing this guy come out and just be like, oh I want to punch him in the face with a brick what has a nail in it that has I don't know fucking rust and and feline AIDS or some shit. I don't know just. Something not good. Uh, and now, uh, yeah, he's kind of awesome. I mean If you'll pardon the, the slight pun there, uh, yeah, The Miz is, is kind of awesome. Shane, not so much, but, you know, he's, he's, he's Shane, and he does the thing, and yay, I guess. Um, but this was a good steel cage match is what I'm getting at here. Uh, is it ever going to make you just be like, oh, I've forgotten about great cage matches like you know Owen Hart versus Bret Hart no it, it was not on that level okay this is a different thing that is happening here uh but it was along the same lines of like Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon at St. Valentine's Day Massacre that's a fun cage match for what it is lots of you know gaga and craziness going on surrounding it but Yeah, it was a fun little cage match for what it was. This is kind of in that same vein, uh, The Miz and Shane McMahon here. And, of course, it's The Miz really kind of, you know, beating the shit out of Shane for a good portion of all of this. You know, Shane, you know, hitting something kind of crazy here and there and and having the opportunity to get away, never really being able to capitalize on it. We wind up with them kind of fighting for a while up uh, towards the top of the cage, Shane trying to get away and even just, like, fall. If he, if he can, uh, and Miz is not letting him, and he's holding on as best he can. Uh, there's a big superplex from, like, damn near the top of the cage, and then they're going to do it again, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so, uh, you know, the Miz looking to nail that big superplex from the top of the cage. Shane winds up hanging on uh, and kind of just lets himself go limp, and the Miz is trying to hold on to him. He winds up, like, holding on to his shirt to try to keep hold of him, and Shane literally just kind of goes... Like, he does that thing that like, a two-year-old will do when you're trying to put their shirt on, and he just goes, ooh And that's it. He went noodle, if you will, and and just noodled his way out of the shirt. Noodle. And that's what, that's the sound it had made. Noodle. And he fell out of the shirt and just landed on the ground, and is thus the winner. And the Miz looked very disappointed, just up there on top of a cage holding the dude's shirt. Um, so <laughs> right on. Shane McMahon is the winner. And uh, I have to say that I I kind there's a part of me that somewhat enjoys the thought of just like Shane is weaseling his way to victory, all these different ways. It's very edge, and I mean like there, there's been a bunch of people who have done this over the years, but Shane is doing it well, and he's so overbearing, and he's getting his ass kicked, you know. Um, but what makes it really kind of poetic is that you know this was the Miz for all those years, that Healy asshole Miz. This is all of his chickens coming home to roost here, you know. He would try to get away by hook or by crook. Now Shane is literally sliding out of his clothing in order to win matches, and it's just kind of funny that it's happening to Miz in a larger scheme of things. Uh, is this something that I hope continues on? Fuck no. No, not really. Uh, but this was – more entertaining than I thought it would be. Uh, I, I was surprised they got an entertaining match out of it at WrestleMania. At least I was entertained by it. I really thought that was about the limit. They pulled one more out here. It was decent enough, and I mean, I probably ain't gonna be like rushing to watch this one again or anything like that. But it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad match. Um, however, it, it, I'm done now. They need to not do the thing anymore if they can help it. So please, do not, Shane McMahon is your winner over the mids in this steel cage match. We then come backstage and Sami Zayn is unconscious and hanging upside down from like a pole thingy. And Triple H is back there with crew members and they're all like, get the cameras out of here. Oh, no, this is terrible. And so, yeah, Sami is all hanging there. And I wonder who did it. Oh, it's a a fucking mystery. It's Braun Strowman, y'all. It's Braun Strowman. Nobody saw him do it, but it's fucking Braun Strowman. Come on, guys. Let's do this. Come on. Come on. You know what's going on. They announced that WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley, Francis, Michael Francis Foley, will be on Raw tomorrow evening to introduce a brand-new championship in WWE. The fact that it's Mickles kind of makes me think it's going to be the hardcore title, and if they introduce a PG hardcore title, that might give me a ginormous sad Um I, I don't really know what this is going to be. It could wind up being like the TV title or something like that. That would be interesting. Uh, they could go between both shows or something. That would just muddy the waters of the brand split even more, but I've never really been opposed to a TV title, I suppose. Um, I don't know what the fuck to expect from this necessarily, but uh, you know, hopefully it won't just be the damn hardcore title because that would be pretty damn lame in a PG world. But anyways, we head back to the ring. It is time for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match. Our champion, Tony Nice, is defending against Aria Davari, who got the big shot entrance. He came out there in like uh, a Mercedes or something like that, some kind of fancy car, and he was all honking the horn. And like, he was, he, Alberto Del Rio did it out there, or JBL'd even it out there uh, with his fancy pants. Um, and this was a good back and forth match. I mean, really, these two guys, you're. Come on. What do you have to expect here? You know, I I don't watch 205 regularly, unfortunately. Uh, Not anymore, at least. I used to. Uh, I do not anymore. I'm not keeping up with the storylines between these guys or anything like that. But, I mean, it's Davari and Neef. You know they're fucking good. Uh, They're both really, really good guys. And that's what you've got to lean on here. If you ever see a cruiserweight match coming up, yeah, I know it's got a reputation now as, like, the piss break or whatever – but these are really solid-ass matches every single time out the gate, and uh, this was no different. Daivari and Nice tore it up, had a good back-and-forth match here. We get done towards the end. Nice charges in for a big knee, but uh, Daivari is able to jump up and super kick him down, goes up to the top, hits a big splash, nails all signature moves all over the place. He's just he's beating it. It looks like the video game at this point. Winds up hitting the big lariat, but Nice is still able to kick out despite all of this damage and beat down. Uh, he winds up... Hitting a big strike while Devari is sitting on the top. He then nails a Hurricane Rana, hits a big running knee to the face, and gets the one, the two, and the three. Your winner of this match, still the cruiserweight champion, Tony Nice. Solid match. I mean, I don't really know a whole lot more to say about it because, I mean, i I care about 205 Live, but I don't really care about 205 Live, and I think a lot of us really kind of feel that way. Uh, nothing but love for the people who compete on that show and all that good stuff. I just I, – I have very limited time to watch much of anything even more, uh, and 205 Live unfortunately does not make that cut. So, But none but love for the guys on it, and this was a really rock-solid match that shows why, if you do have the opportunity to do so, you should watch 205 Live. It's good stuff going on over there with a hell of a roster. Just a ridiculously talented roster. We go backstage once more, Triple H wandering around, Ryan's up running into Braun Strowman, and he's all like, hey, man, I get what's going on here. You beat up Sammy, now you want to take his spot. And Braun's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's playing dumb with the whole uh, Sammy getting beat up. And uh, Triple H's like, I don't buy it. Braun's like, I legit have no fucking idea what you're talking about right now. Triple H's like, you know what, I'm not going to have you removed from the building, but I am going to ask you as a professional, and is your boss to bounce and not come back and fuck with my shit. And so Braun leaves. Is he gonna stay gone? I don't know, we'll see. Is he even really the one who beat up Sami Zayn as was so obvious just moments ago? I don't know. We'll see. We got Michael Coleslaw down at ringside with Renee Young and Corey Graves. Uh, they're talking about Sami Zayn having been taken away. He will not be able to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. And there's been no word on whether or not he has a replacement or if it's just going to be the match without him or what. But we do know that Braun Strowman will not be getting him, his way into the match either way by hook or by crook. So we, that's about the only thing we know about the situation at the moment. We get a big video package for tonight's Raw Women's Championship match. Becky Two Belts showing up tonight to defend both of them, and the first matchup, the Raw Women's Title, is Lacey Evans taking on Becky Lynch here, and they've had a pretty good little program back and forth. It, uh, you know, Evans really kind of a new character, and she's obviously being looked at as something important. Uh, she's being put into a championship program right off of the bat. They're, they're obviously kind of wanted to showcase her as, Hey, this is somebody that you should pay attention to. And I don't have a problem with that at all. I think that's pretty cool. I like Lacey Evans. Um, her, her character and stuff is, is interesting. I suppose I, I, at least it's kind of unique among everybody else out there, you know, because they do kind of have a a, a bad habit of kind of running together, uh, and that's not just the women; that's the men. There's there's a lot of characters out there that are remarkably similar. So at least Le- Lacey's kind of got something unique going down. Um Becky, of course, is Becky. She's kicking ass, taking names right now, and it's just red hot still. Uh, So this was a pretty good match between these two. It was obviously the biggest showcase that Lacey Evans has had up until this point. Um, She, you know, was not quite on Becky's level, and that was obvious a few times over the course of the match, but she was hanging in there, and they had a really good match. I liked the, the difference between the two of them. Um... You know, just kind of the more brute strength kind of ground and pound almost kind of mentality of Evans against Becky, who is looking to tie you up and tap you out and just do anything she can to get you down into that position. So that was pretty sweet. Uh, We get down towards the end of this big Bexplex from Becky and a shot in the corner. She comes off the top and goes for a front drop kick, and it didn't look all that super-duper great. She didn't quite get all of it. Uh, Evans winds up rolling out to the floor for a breather, but Becky comes off, takes her down, brings her back in, beating her down even more, gets a pretty close two-count. Back and forth, backy backy forth, yes, backy forth. Um, Evans drops Becky on her face, goes up, uh, hits a big knee get the two count off of that near falls all over the place until eventually Becky does tie up Lacey in the disarm her Evans pretty much immediately taps out your winner of this match and still Becky two belts at this given point in time, one of them successfully defended. It is Becky Lynch. She gets both her titles, she's celebrating, looking to, you know, presumably walk backstage, have herself a little break, drink some water or something, get a Gatorade, I don't know. Uh, But, no, uh -uh. Uh, uh-uh, no, no, not quite. Charlotte makes her way out there. It is time for her second title defense, the SmackDown Women's title on the line, as Becky takes on her greatest rival, Charlotte Flair, and Charlotte is just all smiles about this, just coming down there to kick Becky's ass after she's just been through a fairly grueling match against Lacey Evans. And these two, I mean, you know what you're getting with Charlotte versus Becky, okay? Uh, it's always good, and tonight was no different. These two just know each other so well that, uh, you know, this, this. if you want to make the, com- the obvious comparison, Flair steamboat. You know, Becky is Charlotte's steamboat, uh, and, you know, you know, Becky is to Ricky Steamboat as Charlotte is to Ric Flair in this scenario. Uh, but, anywho, good back and forth here. Uh, Becky, obviously exhausted, but is not going down without a fight for damn sure. She's Becky Lynch. They're unloading each other in the middle of the ring with big strikes and… Uh, you know, going for big, just match-ending moves, big boots, and going for the disarmor, and just all kinds of stuff. Trying to trying to kill each other off here, and it's not so much with the working. Charlotte goes for a natural selection on the apron, even, but Becky's able to hang on to the ropes, and Flair winds up crashing and burning down on the floor. Uh, around that time, here comes Lacey Evans. Back down there, she punches Becky right upside the fuck with a women's right, her big punch. That is her finish. Uh, The referee was, of course, not paying paying attention to this. Charlotte tries to take advantage of this and get the, uh, you know, the the quick roll there on Becky. But uh, Becky's able to counter, rolls her up instead. Flair comes right back, though, nails a big boot upside the head. And, well, that's all that it took. Your winner of this match and now possessor of one of them belts, the SmackDown Women's Championship, that would be Charlotte Flair. So now Becky is just Becky one belt at the moment. Unfortunately, that little run is over with, but it was fun while it lasted. Uh, that's going to create see. While they're making these moves to create you know less division between the two rosters, the Usos are getting title shots at you know fucking titles that aren't even on the show that they're on and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, at the same time, they're doing that, they're drawing a little bit more division between the two shows because there's now there's going to be. You know, clearly defined Raw and SmackDown championship stuff going on on the women's division. It's not just going to be the one champion in Becky. So, a little bit of clarification, a little bit of fuzzing up. Who the hell knows what is next? Um, but not me, that's for damn sure. But anyways, uh, both of those women, you know, Charlotte. And uh, Lacey Evans, they're still kicking the shit out of Becky Lynch after the match is over. They are beating her downtown to Chinatown like Buster Brown until out comes Bailey. She comes out there. She is going to help out and beat up the bad guys here, helping her pal Becky Lynch. And then she gets an idea because, you know, Charlotte is kind of down and out here. And Bailey has herself a briefcase so she can challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And so she does. She hands it over to the referee, says she wants to cash in on Charlotte. Bickety-bam, she does so. She goes over to grab Charlotte, who has barely gotten to her feet, pulls her out from the corner, goes up top, hits a big elbow drop, and bickety-bam, we have ourselves a new SmackDown Women's Champion, the now former Miss Money in the Bank. Because she cashed it in successfully, she is the new SmackDown Women's Champion. It's Bailey. Big celebration here out into the fans, finding this group of fans, the the hugger section, uh, if you will, uh, who was holding a big Bailey and uh, Bailey in the Bank sign, I believe it was, and and celebrating out there with them, and all kinds of awesomeness going on. Bailey is the new SmackDown Women's Champion, and once again we have ourselves a cash in on the night of the event. That was pretty cool. Uh, it immediately sets up something for that division between the two. You know, Charlotte now has a; she's not gonna Bailey. Becky, I mean, is not going to be coming after Charlotte for that title. Now, you know, there's no more automatic rematches and stuff like that. And now Charlotte has issue with Bailey, And, you know, so they, they've got their own thing to fuck with over on the blue brand. Meanwhile, we're going to have Lacey Evans and Becky still tying up, presumably, over the Raw title for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, it's kind of... It, it it really served to separate things very neatly into what they're going to be moving forward on the two respective shows. And I don't necessarily have a problem with any of that because, as I've mentioned, I do kind of like that division between the two entities. Um, but, yeah, I definitely don't have any problem with Bailey being the women's champion. Hopefully they play it right. It does kind of almost seem like a little bit of a fuck you to Sasha Banks in some degree, uh, but that maybe that's just wrestling fan jadedism. You know, uh, maybe I'm just jaded enough to sit here and think, "Oh, that was a shot at Sasha." When in reality, it was would have happened either way. You know, maybe it's just Bailey's turn. You know, um, she's waited patiently, and she's not like she hasn't been there before. You know, so it could be as simple as that. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see all this Sasha stuff really kind of resolved and taken care of. Uh, especially with Bailey as the champion, if she can hold on to it for a little while, it'd be pretty cool to see Sasha just show up and beat the bejesus out of her at some point, and uh, finally have that big Sasha is a heel run, uh, and it coming at Bailey's expense would you know at least finally pay that shit off, because good lord, we've been waiting for years at this point, and they never really paid it off. Anyways, new women's champion, new SmackDown women's champion in Bailey. We then see Roman Reigns. He is backstage uh, taping his wrist up or something like that, getting ready to come out there and have his match with Elias. But speak of the devil, Elias suddenly appears, drops Reigns with a big guitar shot. He makes his way on down to the ring and uh, giving a performance here. He's actually got an electric guitar. This evening, he does his usual spiel. He's making fun of Roman Reigns. He's making fun of Hartford, Connecticut, where they are this evening. Uh, He goes to leave, and then he makes the horrible uh, mistake of stopping on the stage to pose one more time for the fans. But, yeah, here comes Roman Reigns, kind of out of the middle of nowhere, nails a big Superman punch, brings Elias down to the ring, and since this is supposed to be a match between the two, they go ahead and ring the bell as soon as Elias is up to his feet, he doesn't stay there long because Roman immediately nails him with a spear and gets the one, gets the two, gets the three. Your winner of this very, very short match, Roman Reigns. And it was basically just, you know, Elias getting humiliated as, you know, he's kind of apt to do from time to time. Um, is what it is. There's really not a whole lot more to say about it than that. Roman Reigns with the squash victory over Elias. Cool. We then get a big video package here for our next match. It is probably the match that people are most interested in this evening. It is for the Universal Championship. We have got AJ Styles taking on Seth Rollins in a match that is kind of unofficially about who is the best in the business today. You always hear that. So-and-so is the best in the business today. So-and-so is the best wrestler alive. Whatever the hell. And uh, in terms of WWE and just kind of, you know, that being what most wrestling fans know, the debate has very heavily been between AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, who is the best competitor at this given point point in time of their generation, even, I guess you could argue. Um, And yeah, AJ thinks it's him. Seth thinks it's him. This is the first time that they've tied up in WWE in an effort to try to prove that because, as I mentioned before, it was made somewhat special by the fact that AJ's been on SmackDown all this time. Of course, if you shuffle the deck up and in the brand split, then you won't get special things like that anymore. It'll just be, okay, here's another guy for this dude to face, and eventually all of the matches will become stale and lame um, because they just cycle through them so damn quick, especially if they're just going to be – you know if they're going to be having two shows a week that are focusing in on the same storylines – uh, that was one massive downfall that people really kind of overlook about that whole era, that, that the late Attitude era, was that things moved so fucking fast. Like you could blink and there's a different champion and different stuff going on, and it made for some really sloppy writing and some really crappy writing from time to time, and just kind of the general just vibe of – uh, just doing it because it had to. We had to make TV that week you know. We had to do a thing so we did this thing And it was a shitty thing but it's the thing that Happens so we'll be happy with it I, I, I don't want that to happen Again because that's going to make matches Like this become even more rare uh, Where you're not going to get to see a match Between AJ Styles and Seth Rollins that we have Literally never seen two of the biggest stars In WWE and they've not been in the Ring against one another In their respective WWE careers So that's You know, that's noteworthy. That's noteworthy. And it really is, like I said, kind of a competition between the two. Who is the best in the world at this given point in time? Or at least the best in WWE? Well, we would kind of decide that. Uh, It was a great back and forth, as you would really anticipate. I mean, look at who we're dealing with here. I could try to explain kind of the pace of the match and the flow of the match and all that, but you know what? You should really just watch it. Um, this is one of those matches that you, you owe it to yourself to sit down and enjoy and watch and and just kind of experience for yourself. Uh, great back and forth between these two guys, absolute pros who have the reputations that they have for a reason. So uh, just awesome stuff here. We we get some big kickouts as you would expect Um, You know, nothing too crazy, fortunately, Uh, but they were putting together some pretty crazy sequences there towards the end. Uh, We have Rollins going for the big stump towards the end, but AJ is able to turn that into the Styles Clash. We get the one, we get the two, we are so close to a three, but Seth kicks out. Styles doesn't seem to be able to believe it. There's fans out there who are just like, what? And all, you know, shocked at what we see. AJ winds up springing in from the apron looking for the phenomenal forearm, but he slips a little bit, and Rollins takes advantage of this to nail the big ripcord knee upside the head. He nails him with a super kick to the face while he's on his knees, bounces off of the ropes, and while AJ is kind of coming to his bearings from getting knee upside the face and kicked in the face, he gets a big stump upside the head. Your winner of this match is Seth Rollins after the one, the two, and the three. He retains his universal championship over AJ Styles, a very game AJ Styles. A great match between these two. Really, if you're watching anything from this night, go watch that match. You know, Neither of the latter matches were as good as it. Nothing else that happened tonight was as good as this match. Uh, it wasn't a bad night of wrestling, don't get me wrong, but... This was obviously the standout, and for good reason. I mean, it's fucking AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. What did you expect, you know? (laughs) Um, Rollins is celebrating with the title after the match. We get replays and all that good stuff. But AJ comes back down there, and we get the whole babyface, handshake, McGee thing going on. Um, They shake each other's hands after, you know, of course, Rollins did hold the belt up in AJ's face. AJ kind of swallows that and uh, offers his hand. They shake. The fans love them both, and nobody is damaged or anything like that. That is what it is. Um, AJ winds up leaving. Rollins drops the title in the middle of the ring, basically kind of being like, okay, who's next? You know, bring it on. And his music plays. We go backstage once again here. Great match, again, between Rollins and uh, AJ. The only reason I'm not talking about it more is just because, really, it's – you know how good it is. You know, it wouldn't do Would it would it really serve any purpose for me to sit here and just talk about the awesomeness of the match and the different sequences. No, you really just need to go watch it yourself. If you have the opportunity to do so, because absolutely quality, that's going to be on like the best matches of the year or whatever towards the end. And that's, you know, that, that is definitely a keeper from this year is the best match of the year. No, but I mean, like it's definitely going to be on that list, I would say. Um, Anyways, yeah, the handshake and all that good stuff afterwards. We go backstage to Charlie Caruso. She is talking to Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, WWE champion, Kofi Kingston. Woods talks about how, uh, you know, eventually he talks about how he's going to be respecting Kofi's wishes. He's going to be staying in the back of this evening as Kofi takes on the dastardly Kevin Owens. And... uh You know, as we know, Big E is injured, so Owens kind of joined the new day very briefly. He then turned on Kofi and revealed that it was all just an evil plot in order to get an opportunity at the WWE Championship yet again. (laughs) And it worked. It worked. Pardon me for coughing in your ear. Um, it worked very well. He's got his opportunity here against Kofi Kingston. And, uh, yeah, Kofi's like, you know, yeah, I don't need the new day down there. You know, I, I love my brothers and all that good stuff. But uh, Kevin Owens is wrong. I don't need them in order to be awesome enough to defend this championship, and I'm going to prove that tonight. And so that's what we got to look forward to. But before we can get to that, we have coming out to the ring the Lucha House Party. It is Calisto, Lince Dorado, and Gran Metalik for what is supposed to be a six-man tag team match. But instead, what we get is basically, fuck the Cruiserweight division, because out comes Lars Sullivan. And I've always hated it when a company did this. I hated it back in WCW when they had, like, the Giant do it, or whatever the hell. I really hated it in TNA when they would have Abyss. Or Samoa Joe, even. When Samoa Joe first came into um, TNA back in the day, uh, he he just started running through X-Division guys. And it made for an incredible series of matches, but it damaged the X-Division to the point that it never recovered. Like, that that killed the X-Division just about as dead as anything else that happened to it. Because before that, it was basically the new Cruiserweight division where you're getting all these badass matches uh, against awesome guys, smaller kind of high-flying styles and stuff. Joe, of course, back then could fly a lot more and really did fit well within that style, but just the way that they presented it with him just ripping through literally everybody like it wasn't shit did not do that division any favors, and that is exactly what they did tonight with Lars Sullivan. Does it really make Lars Sullivan look that much more badass because he beat up three littler dudes? No, but it does kind of make them look like shit that they couldn't take out one guy, you know? And why has it got to be the Cruiserweights? I mean, why couldn't it have just been somebody else? Why couldn't it have been fucking Zach Ryder or something? I mean, there's any number of people who could have gotten the bejesus kicked out of them. Why you got to kick the cruiserweight division when they're down? And the reason is because they full well know that we have the perception, or at the very least, it's a brilliant insight to the reality of the situation, which is that Vince has the, uh, the opinion in his brain that the cruiserweights are lesser than the heavyweight wrestlers. So, of course, one big dude should be able to come down there and just beat the sweet bejesus out of three little dudes. Oh, come on there, pal. They're they're just little guys. Yeah. So that's what happens. Uh, Lars Sullivan beats a shit out of these three guys, and that is what it is. And I don't really give a shit. I've never given a shit about Lars Sullivan. I don't foresee that I ever will give a shit about Lars Sullivan. But we do get a video package for the next match. It's the one we were talking about before, this weird little interlude where we basically kind of shit all over the uh, Cruiserweight division. It is the WWE Championship match. Kevin Owens taking on Kofi Kingston, WWE Champion, Kofi Kingston, which still feels pretty damn good to say, I must admit. Solid match between these two guys. This is exactly the kind of match that I want Kofi to have at this point. Kofi needs to just have a nice, solid fucking run of matches against some talented opponents. That's a Shawn Michaels-style title reign is what I would like to see here. Like, original, like, when Shawn first won the belt in 96, and then he wrestled, like, Diesel and Mankind and Vader and, like... He had all these really solid matches against all these pretty damn good opponents uh, who were mostly kind of monsters because he was a smaller dude. But And that's kind of the same thing they're going to feed Kofi to a degree because he's a high flyer. But um, yeah, I, 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 that's kind of what I want out of this Kofi Kingston title reign. I just want to see him string together some really strong matches against a really good variety of opponents and just show off the fact that, yeah, he is that fucking good. He can have good matches against all these different dudes. That would be really good to see. Uh, hopefully that is what we walk away from this with. Uh, and it, it all started tonight with his first major title defense here against Kevin Owens. Um, and it was a damn good match. Owens almost had him a few times, man. He almost had him a few times. He nailed the pop-up power bomb at one point. Uh, and that was not enough to do it. Uh, he went for the stunner. That was not enough to do it. Kofi was able to nail the trouble in Paradise, but it accidentally knocked Kevin out of the ring. So he's all laid out and whatnot as the referee's counting him out. Uh, Gets back in there, but Owens is able to kick him, finally nail the stunner. Owens gets the cover, but Kofi gets his feet on the bottom rope to save the bout. Owens winds up removing Kofi's custom shoes because if you didn't know, Kofi's really into shoes. He has uh, his own show on Xavier Woods' YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down. And yes, my dogs are barking repeatedly. My girlfriend just got home. Sorry about that. Uh, And it sounds like one of them is just dying in there. It it sounds like somebody shoving like a hot poker in his ear or something, but – I I promise you, my dogs are not being horribly tortured. They're just excited that their mom's home. Uh, Anywho, Owens goes up to the top, goes for a big swanton bomb, but Kofi's able to get the knees up. It really looks painful with Owens taking this bump. Kofi hits the big trouble in paradise for the one, the two, and the three. Your winner of the match, still the WWE champion, it is Kofi Kingston. It's always I heard him shouting. I, I don't. That was not a good accent at all. That's. I, I don't know. I turned Irish for some reason. That. I. Sorry, sorry. I do miss that song though. Like I respect New Day, Yay, all that good stuff. But it, it would be really nice if Kofi came out to his own music because that was a that was a cool song, man. And it had a certain energy to it that I really enjoyed. But. Anyways, yes, Kofi has vanquished Kevin Owens here, gotten revenge on behalf of his brothers in the New Day, and uh, to celebrate that, down comes Xavier to celebrate alongside Kofi, and they're having a good old time there. We get some hype for Super Showdown, and uh, we're going to be having, like, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, and there's going to be Randy Orton versus Triple H, and of course, the big one that they talked about, The Undertaker, is taking on Goldberg for the first time ever in the history of ever, and that's a that's a pretty big one. That's a, that's, that's a really big match, you know? Um, So I'm sure that there's plenty of people out there who absolutely hate it. I'm sure that plan is just frothing at the mouth over it. Uh, But the nostalgia guy in me, absolutely intrigued by that matchup. Absolutely intrigued by that. Um, So yeah, we'll see how it all breaks down. I'm not exactly expecting a fucking Matt classic. I'll put it that way. Uh, But, you know, there will be part of me that very much enjoys it. And that's kind of what this is all about, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That leaves us with one match for the evening, and it had the most surprising ending of the evening, which is kind of saying something when you look back and, you know, what happened with, like, Rey Mysterio and, and you know, uh, you know Shane McMahon taking his shirt off to win a match <laughs> and all the other kind of wonky things that went down this evening. No, the, the biggest wonk was yet to come in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. We will talk about that here in just one moment. But before we get to that, well, we are going to take our final break of the evening, pay a few bills here on LOP Radio, and then I will be right back at you to wrap this thing up and talk about the men's Money in the Bank Ladder Match. All right, we are back in the mix here, and as promised before we went to the break, it is time to talk about the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, our main event of the evening, and of course, the winner of this would go on to have the briefcase, get a title shot at a moment of their choosing at some point in the, you know the next year, and all kinds of craziness and potential surprises and blah 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 blah. blah. Um, yeah, that that is we know the stakes. Okay, it's kind of the point of the entire pay per view at this given point in time. Um, awesome stuff. Set to go down here, potentially. But we're short a guy. Uh, of course, Sami Zayn got attacked and beat up backstage, and he was all hanging upside down and whatnot. Certainly looks as though it was Braun Strowman that had done it to him, but Braun Strowman's all like, I ain't do that shit. And Triple H's like, boy, you know you did that shit. And Braun Strowman's like, I ain't do that shit. And he's like, son, you did that shit. I need you to leave. I can't prove you did that shit, but I know you did that shit, so get out of here. And Braun's like, I ain't do the shit, but I'm going to leave, motherfucker. And so... Yeah. He hurt his feelers, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, have you ever been, like, accused of something that you legitimately did not do, and the other person, like, really doesn't believe you, and you're just, like, desperate to make them believe you because you know that you are not lying? That That, that is what poor Braun went through this evening, and so he probably got his feelers hurt. So he just – he was like, you know, fuck you anyways. Why do you believe me? So he went out and he cried in his car probably all the way home to the hotel. Uh well that's not home, but all the way to the hotel. Can you just imagine poor Braun Strowman just broken and weeping in his car because Triple H, a man that he respects, you know, who who just didn't believe him. Just didn't believe him. Poor Braun, the real victim this evening, Braun Strowman. Why, you ask? Well because Braun it doesn't look like it really doesn't look like he was the one who had attacked. Sami Zayn. It looked like he was telling the truth because, well, some other shit would pop up in the midst of all of this. I guess I'll run down everybody who was in the match. We got Sami Zayn supposed to be in it, but he's not in it. So it was just like we start the match, like, okay, we're short a dude, and I guess that's the way it's going to be, no replacement. But the other dudes were Baron Corbin, yay. Ricochet, oh, cool. Drew McIntyre, all right, uh, probably the favorite. Finn Balor, already a champion, so probably not going to win. But, hey, I guess it could happen. Andrade, uh, Right on, nothing wrong with that. Randy Orton, eh, eh, Ali, eh, eh, and nobody. So, really mixed bag of dudes here. Um, I, I, I ain't got a problem with any of them, you know. Uh, but there's not one of these guys that I was just like, oh shit, I can't wait for this dude to win Money in the Bank. Um, I mean, I guess the closest would be Finn, and I, I. I'm I'm telling you now, even if he had won, I would not exactly be – I wouldn't have been leaping off of the bed or nothing like that with excitement because I laid down to watch this. I watched it in my bedroom. I was relaxing while I watched this show. But it would not exactly have me jumping up and down with joy to see Finn Balor be Mr. Money in the Bank. Uh, You know, I mean it it wouldn't hurt my feelers or nothing like that. I'd be fine with it. I think it'd be pretty cool even. Uh, And he's the best of what's out there in my – I guess. Ricochet would be kind of cool I guess, but eh, you know. And Drew is, Drew, he's kind of got the hot hand at the moment, but really, I'm not exactly thrilled over the prospects of any of these guys being Mr. Money in the Bank, which is going to lead us to what happens at the end uh, to some degree and why I'm going to be unfortunately forced to defend it to some level. We'll get there in here in just a second. But this was a, this was a Money in the Bank ladder match. I mean, it, it, you know what that is. It's a bunch of dudes beating the bejesus out of each other with ladders and all falling down and knocking each other off of the ladders and throwing each other on the ladders. And it looks like it hurts a whole lot because I'm sure it hurts like a motherfucker a whole lot, you know. Um, so just all kinds of ass-whooping going on all over the place with ladders and craziness. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a Money in the Bank ladder match. I mean, again, it kind of was what it was. Looks like Drew McIntyre kind of starts finally, towards the end, taking control. He uh, just beats the bejesus out of ricochet and tosses him out of the ring through a ladder bridge and everything. Uh, Looks like he's going up the ladder. But then here comes Randy Orton out of nowhere with an RKO, also out of nowhere. Uh, Corbin sends Orton into the ring post, though, and out of the ring. Looks like he's about to get it, but here comes Ali. He comes up from behind, jumping up on Baron Corbin's back. Uh, and he's he's trying to get him down. He winds up dumping Corbin over the top rope to hang on to the apron. He climbs up the ladder and is almost there, but he is interrupted by a very familiar music that it took a second to register. Like, what? Is, are they playing the wrong music? Because it was like, No, it was not. Um. Yeah, Brock Lesnar is running down there. He apparently is the replacement in Money in the Bank, or has decided that he's the replacement in Money in the Bank, or is he actually the replacement in Money in the Bank? Is he the one who beat the bejesus out of Sami Zayn? Did he frame poor Braun Strowman just so he could sneak his way into the match? Was Triple H privy to all of this? A uh, lot of questions. A lot of questions kind of floating around in this one, uh, you know. Because I mean, let's just say that Brock did beat the bejesus out of Sammy and then just spontaneously ran down there to insert himself in the match. Is that even like legal? If he is he, does that count? I don't know. Um, it's it's counted before the Royal Rumble, I guess, but I don't know. I don't know. It's a bit confusing, but Brock Lesnar makes his way down there. Uh, he of course immediately disposes of Mustafa Ali because I mean, fucking come on! It's Mustafa Ali on a ladder with Brock Lesnar coming down there. He may as well have just thrown himself into the third fucking row. Uh, the crowd is all like "waah," and Heyman's all like "murderize him." And I don't know why he sounded like a cartoon character from the 1980s, but "murderize him!" I'm telling you, "murderize him!" <laughs> Apparently, he's Gay Skeletor. I, I really don't know. But Lesnar sets up a ladder. He climbs up there, boom, yelling at the crowd, unhooks the briefcase. You're winner of this bout, and now Mr. Money in the Bank. Shorty, what you think? It is Brock Lesnar. And uh, Shorty, I don't know what you think, but uh, I think boo. I thought I was hoping that Brock was just gone forever in the history of Evers. And that he would never come back in the world. Um, but no, that is not a thing. Um, instead, we're guaranteed at least one more Brock Lesnar match. And, um, I mean, this does open an interesting opportunity. Uh, because much like tonight, completely unexpected that Brock Lesnar's was ass was running out there and joining into this, it's going to probably be completely unexpected when he shows up to cash in the money in the bank. It is going to be, we're, we're now guaranteed, a pretty legit fucking surprise. You know, I don't think it's going to be a thing where Brock is supposed to be there and he spontaneously cashes in and, you know, we all knew it might happen because we knew he was there. No, I I think it's going to be a surprise thing like tonight where Brock just happens to show up and beat the crap out of somebody and maybe get the title back. Um, We'll see. Uh, Do you even know what fucking show he's on? Did this superstar shakeup thing impact him in the least? Uh, Do we know who he's going to be facing? Is he going for the universal title against Seth? Is he going for Kofi's WWE championship? Who knows? Who knows? There's so many questions that are floating around right now. We don't know what any of this means. We don't even know if Brock was actually an official member of the damn match. And if he could beat the bejesus out of Sammy Zayn and just insert himself into his spot, how come Triple H was all like, "Fuck you, Braun Strowman, you need to leave for doing the exact same thing," and Braun was so sad and he cried, and it would make it hurt my heart a little bit to see that large gentleman crying, uh, it, and it should have hurt your feelings too, but it probably didn't because y'all are wrestling fans and we're some cold motherfuckers. so, uh, but anyways, Brock's back, and that's lame. But again, at the same time, that's going to make for a pretty cool surprise somewhere down the line. It's definitely going to – I don't know how cool the surprise is going to be, but it'll certainly be a surprise. Um, It'll be something for me to bitch about here on one of these shows, I suppose. Uh, Because, yeah, now Brock Lesnar has got a full year in front of him where he could show up at any given time and be the new WWE champion. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Um, I I, I was really hopeful that Brock was gone. I've – Just when we think this motherfucker's done, he comes back. Planet and I went through this last year where we were just like, oh, finally, finally, WrestleMania, Roman's going to beat him, and it's going to be no more Brock Lesnar. He's gone forever. We're so happy about this. And then he had won, and we're like, well, fuck. And then later on when they had another match, and he won again, and we were just like, well, son of a bitch, why won't he go away? Yeah, that's where we still are. We're still at a point where we're just waiting for Brock Lesnar to go the fuck away because, uh, 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 that—that's my exact thoughts on this. I'll, here, I'll, I'll, you can quote me on this one. Uh, uh, that's my thoughts on Brock Lesnar being around, potentially being Universal Champion. <sighs> Sadness is what it is. You just play some in you. Sadness. And that's that, uh, yeah, that, that, that's the end of money in the bank. Uh, your, your winner of the money in the bank briefcase is Brock Lesnar. And that's going to be a thing that happens at some point and hopefully it won't suck. Uh, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, uh, certainly an interesting and unexpected ending to the entire thing, uh, And we'll see what Brock does with that briefcase. Again, I'm fully expecting that he's just going to again fall off of the face of the planet and that the briefcase will be basically as important as the Universal Championship because we're never going to fucking see it again, at least until Brock Lesnar decides it's time to come to work. And hell, there may be some UFC or something in the middle of all that. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Um, Maybe he'll just never come back and they'll be like, well, shit, we should have made him put a deposit down on the fucking briefcase because we need that thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Anywho, anywho, that's that. Uh, Pretty solid money in the bank here this evening. It was nothing all that earth-shaking, but that's really kind of par for the course here lately for WWE. There has been nothing really all that earth-shaking going on. Even the things that are good are kind of being beaten into the dirt to the point to where it's just kind of like, eh, all right. Um, And that's kind of sad, you know? Um, It's... I I understand why people who are into the AEW thing and excited about the potential for it and whatnot. I I understand why that feeling is what it is because uh WWE is pretty stagnant right now and um it, it they're right for the picking. Uh, they're really right for the picket, and if somebody can come in with a little bit of a different mentality, a little bit of a different attitude like AEW is talking about doing statistics, things of that nature, presenting it with, in almost a more realistic fashion with a, a much more sports bent on it, um, then there's definitely uh, there's definitely the potential there for some shit to go down that WWE is not going to be happy about. I'll put it that way. Um, We'll see. Uh, we, we, we will see. That's, that's still months from now and nothing we really should be talking about on this program anyways. But uh, it, it's pay-per-views like this that are just really kind of opening the door for it um, because this, the, nothing amazing happened on this pay-per-view. There was some damn good stuff. That AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins match, match of the year contender again, I'm telling you. And the other matches were rock solid. But for the most part, Money in the Bank 2019, just a, a, a pretty solid show. Just really nothing to write home about. If you missed it, you didn't miss a lot. I'll put it that way, Uh, but that's really kind of becoming the same for almost every show here lately. It just really doesn't feel like you've missed anything important if you miss a show um, except for just the little things, little things, you know. Uh, like, again, you've got the whole, you know, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, it was not an earth-shaking greatest of all time match or anything like that, but it was definitely rock solid. That's kind of the best of what's around at the moment. You know, um, if you missed WrestleMania, you missed a few genuine moments with Kofi and stuff like that. But when it comes to these pay-per-views, there's just, uh, I don't know. I I didn't really care who won either of the Money in the Bank ladder matches this year, to be completely honest. And, uh, you know, though the, the winner of the mail match being Brock is unpleasantly surprising, Uh, I can't say that I was really. I was not that enthused by any of the guys actually in the match winning the motherfucker either. So, yeah, it was kind of the same thing with the women. You know, it was like, hey, that's cool. Bailey won. But at the same time, I wasn't exactly, you know, thrilled with the prospects of anybody else winning the fucking thing. So, yay, I guess. Uh, Money in the bank, pretty solid show, but nothing all that amazing at the end of the day, and that's kind of the that's that's the boat that we're in at the moment. So, yeah, that's that. I will be back here with you guys next month for the uh, the next big thing. Uh, well, not you know, young Brock Lesnar or anything like that. No, I'll, I'll be back for some sort of a big show. Uh, maybe I'll do a Super Showdown Aftershock. Uh, that's coming up here in just a little bit. I don't know if the Right Side of the Pond guys are going to be doing that. They've handled the last few shows of the, uh, similar ilk. So, uh, you know, I'll see what they wind up getting on the schedule, and if they don't do anything, maybe I'll cover it. Uh, it probably won't be the day of, but, you know, over the course of that weekend, you'll be hearing an Aftershock talking about the big Saudi Arabia show. Just because it'd be something to talk about, you know what I mean? If not, well, we do have ourselves another pay-per-view coming up next month, and I mean, I'll be here for that. I mean, come on. When have I not been here, you know what I mean? I've been here for a long time, uh, and I I won't be going anywhere anytime soon. So uh, we've got that big uh, NXT TakeOver uh, coming up, NXT TakeOver 25. Uh, that's going to be here very, very soon, actually. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm going to necessarily be covering that. Uh, it is weird that it is very, very close to happening and we've got a grand total of two fucking matches. Uh, that is, uh, that's unusual, I suppose. Uh, but anyways, uh, the next big pay-per-view coming up, it looks like is, ah, oh, there's a reason why I couldn't think of the fucking name. It's because it's never happened before. Stomping grounds. That, okay, that's a thing. Um, uh, right on. Stomping Grounds is coming our way. Ooh. (laughs) Um, uh, Sure. Sure. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Stomping Grounds coming our way on June the 23rd. Uh, And then in July, uh, on the 14th specifically, we've got Extreme Rules and Summer Slam, Hell in a Cell, Clash of Champions, all the usuals coming up there towards the end of the year, of course. But uh, our next one looks like it's going to be the big NXT TakeOver show. Again, I might cover that one, might not, I don't know. Same with Super Showdown, it depends on what's going on. Probably going to be the right side of the pond, guys covering that. But if nothing else, you're going to be hearing from me here in about a month when Stomping Grounds makes its way onto our TV screens at the WWE Network. That's a terrible name for a fucking pay-per-view. Just a terrible... I I don't like that name at all. I mean, I get it, but come on, guys. You can't do better than stomping grounds. (sighs) Anywho. It was nice to sit here and talk to you guys again. Uh, It feels like it's been a while. It always feels like it's been a while in between these shows, and uh, it's definitely been a while since I did this by myself, so hopefully it did not suck. You can, of course, let me know. Get at me on Twitter at Stephen F. And Bell. You can find me on there. Uh, hell, I'm on Instagram, I, I believe. This, say, I, I, is it the same? I, I, I don't know what my damn Instagram name is. I don't use Instagram very often. <laughs> um, but, but I'm on there. Um, who the fuck am I on Instagram? I'm, I'm Mr. Stephen Bell. So you can look me up on there if you just really, really want to. If you want to see some pictures of, like, corn and me and my chick, uh, more power to you. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Hit me up. Hit me up uh, on Twitter, most of all, at Stephen F. and Bell. I'm more than happy to hear from you guys and your thoughts on uh, this show and Money in the Bank and all that stuff. I was actually just asked on Twitter uh, by our old friend Adam Ritter, any predictions on the new title? I talked about that earlier in the show, and uh, yeah, I – i don't fucking know uh the involvement of foley makes me think that it could be a hardcore title but man that would be super duper lame at this given point in time you know nobody wants a pg hardcore title that would suck and i mean the hardcore title was glorified headshots that's all that it was really about you know um so and they don't do that anymore so i yeah a hardcore title would suck um The only other guess that I would have would be some sort of TV title type thing, or maybe they've just come up with something new that they're going to throw at the wall and see if it sticks. Uh, That that was probably the most likely thing, to be honest. Uh, We'll see, I suppose. Uh, It's real random that they're just going to introduce a new title, though, and I, I certainly can't say that I'm just like tripping over myself with excitement over it. So who knows? Who knows? And uh yes, Zentis. Uh we get two matches at least from Brock. He's gonna be taking on Seth at the Saudi show. Uh okay. Uh you know, I, I, that's a thing. That's a thing. So Right on. Um Yay. More Brock Lesnar. Yay. Yay. <sighs> So, yeah, we're seeing now, actually, uh, Chris Jericho made a, a statement about Brock Lesnar return. He tweeted something out. Uh, blah, 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 blah. He said, awesome to see Brock Lesnar win money in the bank match, even though he wasn't officially entered. Brock is the future of the biz, and this, perfect, this is a perfect example of genius booking. Shows why WWE remain on top forever. Hashtag go, Brock, go. That really kind of sums it up for me. Um, yeah. I, yeah. That – Yeah, that about (laughs) sums up. Right on. Shit like this Brock Lesnar stuff is why people are going to be turning their attention towards AEW. I mean that's just the way it is. So all right. That'll do that. That'll do that. I hope you guys enjoyed. I certainly enjoyed talking to you. And again, hit me up on Twitter at Stephen F. and Bell. I'm happy to hear from you. And I will be back here with you next week – next month, pardon me, for Stomping Grounds. Stomping Grounds is coming your way on the WWE Network, and I'm going to talk about it because that's what you guys like for me to do. And you know what? You know what? I'm here for you. I'm here for you. (laughs) It could be interesting. (laughs) Uh, I, I do love you guys, though. And it was great to see you and talk to you once again. Uh, tune in next time. Listen to all the great stuff here on LOP Radio over the course of the rest of the week. Of course, all kinds of awesomeness headed your way on a daily basis on LOP Radio. And yeah, yeah, the end. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. You guys take care of yourselves out there in the really real world, and remember that nothing is trivial, all right? All right, much love, guys. We'll catch you next time. But in the meantime, you know. Shut up and sit down. Uh